If you guys haven't listened to Alana Boudreaux, we have nothing to talk about. Dude. Oh, I forgot to listen to her. <laughs> I knew you would. I knew it. Like, I absolutely knew you would. I guess we'll just talk next week then. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. If I had one thing to say to Alana Boudreau, Whoa. it would be buy Guadalupe Roastery Coffee. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a fresh batch from New Guinea, I believe. Um, it smells amazing. So, you know, Christmas season is coming up. You name it. Who doesn't like some free trade coffee? Who doesn't? Nice. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I do like it, but unfortunately, I don't receive it anymore. And part of that was because I said over the summer, I don't want to receive it. So I'm going to formally and publicly <laughs> revoke that with every fiber of my being. Revoke your revocation? <laughs> I'm going to re-revoke. <laughs> yeah, that works. I like that. That's That may be the dumbest decision. Like, not this one now, but when you said you were, like, good for a while. That could be the worst decision I probably in, I would say, like, the last few years of your life. Maybe mm-hmm. not ever, but... Okay, look, whose ever. fault is that, okay? Ra- y'all were there. I was yeah. in desolation, okay? I needed some guidance. <laughs> Rule number six make... of St. Ignatius, in desolation, you never make a change. That's number five, dude. What are you That's what doing? I said. No, Rule five number... is that, five is thou shalt not kill. Oh, are you, what is that, what is that oh. called? Were you ghosting him there? Is that a thing? Oh, dude, Who... were you casting shade on me? Were you catfishing me? Is that, what is, okay, what's the thing where, like, people just, like, make stuff uh, like say something and then be like no i didn't i didn't say that you're you're going crazy mm-hmm. apparently it's a thing it's, is ghosting, it ghosting people no, is that no, what no. you're saying ghosting is when you just stop replying to any texts or calls oh, oh yeah yeah okay okay like you're a ghost huh. like ghosts hardly ever answer my calls so that's why they used it hmm. made a oh, verb out of a noun there ghosting it mm-hmm. um I never really understood the practice of trolling people. Um, See, I always but, thought it was trawling, like uh, when you fish, you trawl, A-W-L, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like roaming around hoping a fish bites. I thought that's what they were saying when you were getting trawled, is that people would just go around the internet <laughs> saying annoying things, trying to catch idiots that would uh, right. take them seriously. But I, I guess it's troll, another verb noun. Where you're no, like, but I think you're that's like where one of those I think that's hunched where it over freaks from. under a bridge just <laughs> yelling racial slurs or something. I don't know. <laughs> what? Do you know how many bridges Whoa. we have here on campus? This is the perfect spot to be trolling. <laughs> <laughs> I harass every runner slash walker slash biker that goes over these bridges here. You, okay? just, you just yell out from under the bridge, your political views are wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I just yell like, Make Actually, America you would say you would say you are wrong. You are wrong because of your political views. Right. Ooh, like get to their right. get to their essence. The thing you think about there. politics makes you a bad person. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. Your intuitions about economics means you're evil. <laughs> <laughs>
it's not that you're right <laughs> and that it's like an idea. No, no, we're not talking about ideas. You are bad. You're a bad person yeah. for thinking that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm laughing because I definitely don't do that or make that judgment <laughs> about people. So right. I'm above that. Isn't it nice being better than everyone else? Mm. Gosh, yeah. Gosh, thank I don't you, know Lord, how... that you didn't make me like other people. Yeah, I don't... yeah that's in Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's a prayer in Scripture. You can say that. <laughs> it's not one of the Psalms, but it is a prayer in Scripture. It is a prayer in Scripture that somebody says and then they're mocked. Mm-hmm. He's mocked by Jesus, literally. There's a well, couple times he mocks. The other one was a few days ago, wasn't it? You fool, you build up your grains today, your, your silos and stuff. Now your your life will be demanded of you. Mm-hmm. Kind of making fun of that. I don't know dude. how recent that was. <clears throat> well, who knows when people are listening to this? Could have been yesterday. Oh, oh, good point. It is exactly when when they're listening to it. That's what that's what day it is. Whatever it is. day you're listening right now, it's been put at their disposal. It yes. is that day. It's been torn it from its origins in space and time. Mm-hmm. It is now. What is now or then? Man, I'll tell you, the gospel yesterday really stumped me. I gave a terrible homily. <laughs> I just blabbered and drooled on myself for a while. <laughs> so you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> I don't know what charismatic groups you're hanging out with. <laughs> they have you fooled. <laughs> um I spoke about the cruciform form of the gospel, that you both have the horizontal beam of the cross where Christ's arms are open wide to all of humanity and he will accept anyone, like today's gospel, where he goes after the Mm. sinner. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, you have that vertical beam, which is the one bridge between heaven and earth, and it's got the body of Jesus on it, and you ain't getting up there to those arms unless you go through him. So mm. that's why he's so simultaneously and paradoxically accepting of every sinner, yet extremely demanding. And that gospel, the one where the crowds I are... I said a are, private mass yesterday. What'd you preach? And didn't preach hmm. because I thought, hmm, that one is a stumper. So <laughs> anyway. You got to hate your mom and dad in order to be my disciple. Hmm. Well, yeah, but then he's like, then he goes... um, because if you want to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross and follow me. That, um, like, essentially talking about how to calculate the cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, let's say that some of you are to build a tower. Would you not first consider your resources? Uh, or else you would build half a tower and then realize you don't have what you need. And you would look like an idiot. Right. Or who else would go to battle with a king and realize you're outmatched by 10,000 soldiers? Would you not... Send out a convoy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and do peace terms. So at one point it was like, consider the cost of discipleship. Like these people should have considered whatever their tasks were, whatever their ventures were, whether it be building a tower or going to battle, that you need to calculate the cost of discipleship, which is know that you're going to carry the cross Mm -hmm. uh, if you you do want to really follow me. And I thought, what? (laughs) No, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> so well, then it's just literally, it's all or nothing, man. Literally, I preached on <laughs> that you can't count the cost of discipleship. Nice. <laughs> I said, yeah, Lord, that sounds a pretty good idea, but uh, we're going to take it another direction here. <laughs> and and then I, I talked about my parents. My parents, whenever whatever I ask for, 
from them. They will, they will never count the cost of what it means for me to be the son of my father. My, my dad is not, there's no quid pro quo. There's no balance sheet. There's no cost benefit analysis. He gives freely and then forgets about it because that's, Although you did tell me one time that your dad charges taxes on Halloween candy. I just oh, want to throw he, that out there. I no, just want to throw that out there. Definitely does. Mm-hmm. That is so true. What does I that remember mean? that story. One of my favorite. Yeah. Well, you got to pay the temple tax. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you still have to. If we're living under his house, you pay. We believe in tithing. Oh, okay? I see. He takes a tribute. Oh yeah, dude. He takes. We would go out. This is a tangent, and we would ransack neighborhoods, so much so that we would bring pillowcases. Same here. To trick or treat. I have full pillowcases of candy. Um, so, so that's what I preached on. And, and then I was, I was talking to one of my classmates afterwards, and he looked up in um, another version of another translation. And one of the notes that it said was, the Lord, he is, he is telling his disciples what it actually is going to take to be his disciple so that he's not, in a sense, tricking them. He's not trying to pull a fast one on them. That the Lord is very clear and presents the the road that lays ahead so that people can choose it in freedom. Hmm. And I thought, holy cow, that's exactly... I wish I would have read that footnote. Because <laughs> that is exactly... And it makes perfect sense. Right. Um, and I thought of like Lord of the Rings. There are so many moments where... They know the road ahead, and yet they choose even still, which makes it an even deeper act of love. It's like, yeah, I we probably are going to die, but let's do it because I love whoever we're going to go try and save. Right. Like Legolas and Gimli and Aragorn, <clears throat> after Sam and Frodo cross, cross the river, they're like, dude, we got to go save Merry and Pippin. And Gimli gets pumped because he's like, what? We're going to face thousands of orcs? Little chance of success, little chance of survival. That's one thing Tolkien's so good at is making you feel like there's no way that they're going to be successful. I'm very impressed by that world building that he does because you you feel like the world is very big and that finding those two is going to be like a needle in a haystack and what's even the point of trying and they do it anyway. But he's also the expert of the U catastrophe that all of a sudden doesn't something happen where they get away those two into the woods and they meet the tree guys. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. That's yep. That's right. Man. What a great story. I can't believe like three, four years ago we were podcasting about how only nerds like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. (laughs) You were podcasting about that. (laughs) Maybe I became a nerd or maybe I always was a nerd and I was just trying to fight it. Like you said about quarterbacks, aren't they the nerdy ones that are just trying yeah, to fight? Yeah, totally. They're just trying to like get rid of that. Wait, mm. What's your theory on quarterbacks again, Mike? What? Don't you have a theory about quarterbacks being dorks? <laughs> no, I was a quarterback. Why would I say that, dude? I'm the <laughs> coolest guy ever. I have no nerd genes in Maybe me. that was just my theory. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely your own theory here. I've never heard this. Talk about it. No, Are you I, trying to put quarterbacks down? No, no, I swear I remember. I thought I thought I remembered it was you talking about this, but No, I eat raw meat. I don't read and <laughs> yeah. I reading only is for nerds. Smoke and drink beers. You smoke beers and do alcohol? <laughs> Dang it. I'm You're... sitting in a room full of books. <laughs> I'm a fraud. Speaking of feeling like a nerd, 
Last night, I uh, I went by myself to a Gregory Allen Isakoff concert in Chicago. Oh, dude, D- yeah. Yeah, DMEC was probably feeling bad that he didn't go, but it was fine. Um, in some ways, it's, you know, you get used to it as a celibate, just going to things by yourself, and it's almost like less of a pain. Um, it's obviously much better to have people with you because you socialize, especially because between the opening act and the closing act, um, or the headliner, there was like a half hour standing in the middle of a crowd of people. And that's when, that's when Wait, I who really, is this guy? Uh, Greg Lynn Isakoff. He's a <laughs> songwriter guy from Colorado. I just All right. dig his music a lot. My little sister just sent me a song of his on Monday. It's he's a very very good songwriter and a good performer too. I'd seen him once with Scott up at Thalia Hall. Actually, that that place is really close to me. I could almost walk there. It's on 18th Street, but this place is up in Lincoln Park. So I drove, got a spot hero spot for five dollars underneath the L that was like 200 feet away from the the venue. Um, awesome. I'm city living, dude. I'm like about spot hero. I'm a millennial in this big city. I'm doing it up. <laughs> but I went in clerics. Thankfully, my black eye is pretty much healed now, so I didn't look really weird. Although I did wear clerics and stand by myself. Uh, and you're a ginger. I like concerts like this because mostly <laughs> it's uh, and I'm a ginger, so that's you just carry that around everywhere. Um, mostly it's people. Like I've been to some concerts where it's just a bunch of people smoking pot, getting drunk, blind uh just hedonism um but these kind of more i want to say thoughtful for lack of a better word kind of musicians um they attract a certain kind of hipster crowd that he's not necessarily like a the oh hellos or mumford type of kind of overt christianity in his music but it's like he's a good guy you listen to him interviewed and he's just He's like a farmer in Colorado and writes songs about life and contemplating things. And they're just beautiful songs. Um, but, of course, I'm standing next to this really loud group of guys and girls that are drunk and making all sorts of crude jokes and saying the F word very loudly and getting shushed by all the other hipsters around them. Like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> You're in a rock show and people are getting shushed. That's pretty funny. But uh, it was neat to be in the mass of humanity i mean there were hundreds probably 500 people there and you just feel like i'm getting less and less self-conscious that's why i i didn't change into like a hoodie or something i just was like oh i'm wearing clerics i just came from mass i'm just going to go to this concert by myself and because i love this music and uh close my eyes a lot and just kind of like let the music kind of wash over me and it was a it was a cool but you can kind of feel the presence of a bunch of people around you um and this person is up there giving you something precious, this music that he's written and this experience and all the practice that went into making this a good show. Um, it was neat. Hmm. Fun, fun, fun. Good. Nice, man. Dude, if you are going to go to live shows um, and you, you want a compadre, I love live music, man. Oh, I didn't even think to, I didn't ask you. No. Oh, I guess I was asking people that I knew liked him. Mm. Connor, we're friends. You can invite me to stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know if we're friends. We're more colleagues. <laughs> Is it workplace acquaintances? <laughs> <clears throat> that's, that's a good point. That's a good uh, point. Hey, dude, Halloween candy. You mentioned the tax. 
we also used to go out until whenever like there was no curfew that i remember when we were kids uh we'd go out with the pillow sacks and you got as much candy as you worked hard to get and i don't know if this is being in the city or a new era but like in the neighborhood that i'm in right now there's no just knocking on doors even though there are houses whose doors you could knock on there's literally a neighborhood thing it's not on the 31st it's on the saturday before halloween and all of the parents sign up on like a facebook group or whatever and they have three groups of houses like group one group two group three and they start with group one and all of the families that live in two and three take their kids around to the houses that have signed up and they have a little map and they knock on the door and they get their candy and then after an hour group number two goes home and answers the door for groups one and three. And then finally group three goes home and one and two go trick or treat in group three. But it was, it's like the most organized and supervised version of trick or treating I've ever heard of. Can you imagine? No. And, uh, I don't know. There was something about that that kind of made me a, a little sad. I was also impressed with the parents' dedication, but, mm-hmm. um, there was something sad to me because Halloween was like this just magic thing where everybody's giving out candy, you know, and you just go up as kids dressed like goofy things and go get the candy. And now it seems a little bit, uh, it's felt a little manufactured, but I thought it was a sad statement about how, Dude, safe, I don't how blame. safe kids or parents feel about letting their kids just roam around, especially in the city. You never know. Yeah, so. I don't blame people. Some idiot put a razor blade in candy, like, however long ago and then like ruined it for everybody i know that does kind of like kind of the lamenting i don't know what that would be uh like days gone by if you will from our halloween days um i've been thinking about this kind of a change of subject but i've been thinking about like i never I, i can't say that i watch my tv sometime but i just have this desire growing in me to get rid of my tv and I've had more of a desire, I don't know how practical it would be, but to go back to a dumb phone. Hmm. Like, so, I don't know. Help me talk through that. Talk me <laughs> off the ledge. Um, um, I don't know if I could, I, I, you should do it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't think, just do it. Why, what about the smartphone is bugging you? you? Nothing, like, per se. I'm just on it, like... A lot. Like I just notice, I just don't have. Um, I do have interactions with people, like when I'm out. But um, like yesterday, so I went up to Mundelein for the newly ordained mass, which was great, and got to see our classmates and a few people. And uh, yeah, hey, I want to know your thoughts on that, by the way. Thoughts on uh, just seeing everybody and being back up here, and yeah, I just I mean, it hear was, how you experience it. It was good. I guess it was just like, um, I was telling, so I went and I got to deer hunt yesterday, Booyah. which was awesome, nice. but I was super thankful for that time that we had, well, it was great to see like, I mean, we had lunch with Bremer and then I, I saw all you guys at the, the sisters. That was amazing to see them. And, um, and it was great to see like Porter and I mean, all, all those guys it was awesome. Uh, but then the time that like, we just had those couple hours to, uh, to chill with like the guys that were around from our class, that was really fun. Um, but like from the time I got there to like what was that Tuesday morning? I don't even know. Whenever 
that I left, it was just like, okay. I mean, it was good. Like I was thankful for the place, but I felt, I felt like no pull to like, it just wasn't home anymore, I guess, you know, if that makes sense. Um, so it was good to, good to say hey to people. It was good. I'm glad I made the trip. Hmm. Certainly. Um, I was ready to, to get back. Certainly. And, um, I had been excused from a meeting I was supposed to be at, so I didn't have to like get up super early, which was nice. So I could sleep a little bit and say mass in the morning there. But then I had, uh, in a sense like yesterday off and I went to my sister's and it was just awesome. Like we didn't turn the TV on the whole day because my mom and my sister took my nieces to the American girl store in Chicago, uh, for their big trip. But, um, so it was just me and my nephew and my brother-in-law for a day and they had to, they, they were doing some farm work and stuff like that. And then I deer hunted in the evening and had an awesome, awesome deer hunt and, uh, came very close to getting a very nice buck. And, but anyway, I just noticed like even in the deer stand, I would find myself like looking stuff up on online, like checking the news and it had just hit like that, uh, you know, President Trump had like fired Sessions, the attorney general. And I read like three articles on that that all said the same thing, like all stuff that I frankly like didn't need to know or really knew what was going on. And deer hunting is like my favorite thing to to do. And still I had this stupid phone in in my hand. So anyway, that's where I'm at. End of story. It's a tough one, man. I wonder I've wondered about self-control questions you know there's the scripture about if your hand causes you to sin just cut it off Mm -hmm. and i certainly have tried and benefited from that cold turkey method on stuff that i find difficult to to regulate myself but Mm -hmm. dang if the phone isn't super darn good for a lot of good stuff Mm -hmm. Um, for instance many people listening to us right now are most likely using their smartphone Sure, of course, um, I would find ways to re-listen to Three Dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you uh, thinking, dude? I think that leaving it places, like just trying to, I mean, you think about hunting, like what if I fell from the stand? I'd want to be able to get a hold of somebody to come get me. But, oh, no, I want a phone. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I want a phone. No, but I'm saying in like certain situations where you want to be detached. Mm-hmm. Can you just leave it somewhere or, I don't know, leave it at the base of the tree? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the Internet is is amazing and I love it. And I love my smartphone and what it can do for me and the way it. But sometimes I hate it with a perfect hatred as well um, <laughs> because it's so full of garbage. And so you make yourself so available to be communicated with in so many different Mm. channels, text, email, calls, Twitter, whatever. Like we've made Mm -hmm. ourselves so available to be interrupted that it's really, it's really tough. And the other, the side effect of that is that you get attenuated to, um, that and you're used to being interrupted and it's almost like you want to be interrupted. Like when I, uh, have a large portion of unbroken time, I think, Oh, finally I have like a evening where I don't have anything. And then I end up looking at my stinking phone for like an hour, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then that saps your energy and makes you feel bad about yourself. So you're less likely to go write something, write a song or 
something or read something productive or you start reading and it makes you think of something you want to look up and then you get on your phone and look it up and then a million other things are, it just makes you, it facilitates, it greases the monkey mind and it starts swinging from branch to branch instead of staying on, on topic. So I think my personal opinion on this, and I've, I've, this isn't an original thought. I've heard it around from different sources, but I think that we're at this we're at this uh, weird inflection point with the whole information revolution where um, the internet is pretty new, but it's it's pretty well developed now. And there's a ton of stuff on it where 20 years ago, there was almost nothing on the internet um, except pornography and like dumb websites. But now people actually are, there's still all that garbage, but there's like good content too. Like Three Dogs North is probably the premier we're really like the internet's kind of apex, I think, in a lot of ways. It's been yeah. waiting waiting for Three Dogs North for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the problem is curation. How do I get the good stuff? You know, And there's algorithms and things like that that are supposedly meant to guide you to the things that you like. Like Spotify. I love Spotify. Do you guys use that? Yeah, J.B. Pritzker has ruined Spotify for me. I'm so glad that the elections are over. Oh, so you got to pay for the premium. I don't listen to any ads. Why would I do that? Because it's like the best value in the history of music. You get, Uh, it's like $8 a month. I don't have Spotify and don't know what it is. It's music streaming and it's basically every... It's Pandora. No, it's not. It's... It's in... Okay. What you just described is Pandora. It's another version of Pandora. (laughs) Yeah. That's, no, 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 that's no, no. more that's more personal and selective. <laughs> Not so at you, all. Pandora is you put in a you put in a band <laughs> name and it plays what you stuff similar to that. Whereas Spotify is you you search the whole history of recorded music and you can play whatever you want on demand. Maybe you haven't paid for the premium. I don't know what Spotify Basic is for free, but um, premium is you you can it's like Google. You just search the catalog and pretty much any. And new releases come out instantaneously, and and you can create your own playlist. Playlists, and, and then from yeah. what you've been listening to, it'll it'll do this weekly playlist of Discover Weekly of stuff that you've never listened to, but is similar to. And it's a much, I find, better algorithm than um, than Pandora, although maybe that's been proved. But the bottom line is that like all of this stuff is supposedly to help us, but a lot of it is just data mining to sell us more stuff or to. Well, that's the thing, that, and maybe it, it, I think a part of it is the transition to like the new life, like post seminary for me, and kind of like the diligence that it requires, um, you know, just in like what you read and etc. Um, but and I feel like I can read. I mean, like at a pretty dang high level. But it's just so easy to be like a headline reader, you know, and like yeah. form opinions and stuff like that. Well, that's what I'm saying is that, that what stuff. we're what, I know that's what you're saying. We're humanity is realizing that, I think. And even this new thing on iOS, the screen time thing on the iPhone. Have you looked at that? <clears throat> no. I go, know into, what that means. go into settings. Did you update your your operating? If you updated your operating system or if it automatically did under uh... under settings, it'll have this thing screen time that if you click on it it will show you how many minutes you've been on your phone today and you can click on the week and it'll show you how many times you picked up your phone in the last week and how many oh. per day on average it'll show you how many notifications you get and from what applications and it's just this is the new operating system it's just a feature of the new operating system um i guess I, I need to do that but i think that 
things like Google and Apple are realizing that people are going to get fed up pretty soon, that this is really warping our our relationships and stuff. And people are going to be like you, Rob, and be like, my life was better without this stuff, even though it's enhanced in it a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get not worth it. And um, the companies are, I think, getting ahead of it and trying to be like, hey, we're going to help. It's like smoking companies or cigarette companies being like, hey, we're going to put filters on the cigarettes, then it makes it healthy. Um, I think that we're just realizing there's so much garbage on the internet. And now with people, fake news and the bullying and harassment and the way women are treated on the internet and objectified and things like that, we're just realizing how it's made all of our, it's just magnified a lot of human dysfunction and it needs to get fixed. Um, so I think the love affair is over or it's going to be over soon and people are going to start being more sober and temperate or try to be with their use of the internet. Much less optimistic about the the dawn being upon us. But anyway, I hope so. I hope so. That's good. Well, my question is, my question is, um, do you need it? You're talking about me talking to me or that's it. No, no, to Rob, just specifically to the to the iPhone. Do you need it? Uh, I mean, it is. Oh, it's super convenient. Like, especially with directions. Honestly, that's probably the biggest thing. Is like, and you plug it in. You know when you're gonna be somewhere. Yeah, certainly the calendar, but probably the directions thing. Mm. Um, I mean, is, but is that something that you could maybe learn? I maybe that's asking too much, but well, obviously you could. People did. I did before GPS. Right. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Certainly. Well, I don't know. Maybe yeah. in like. Well, Atlanta, it would be really challenging for me to do that. But, well, Edwardsville seems like a pretty big town as well. I don't know. I think, like, maybe the maybe the bigger question I'm asking, like, rather than could I do it, is, like, would I be better for doing it? Does that make sense? Because yeah. I don't know the... I, like, legitimately yeah. don't know the answer to that question. Is, like, man, because it, there's, like, there is this appeal to kind of, like... Yeah, go back, like hopefully slow down a little bit, etc. Um, but all it's it's like it's super useful. I'm not anti like smartphone, um, etc. My dad just got his first smartphone and loves it, like absolutely loves it. Um, you know, and so it's like I think they're great. I think they're really great. Um, but it's just like man, I. I don't know. And I, I really like legitimately don't feel like I'm addicted to to the thing. Like I never if I go to over to like someone's house for dinner or whatever, I always leave it in the car, you know, stuff like that. I try to be like conscious of to like really not have it have it out. Um, and it's very handy. It's just I don't know. I was just thinking thinking about it. Yeah, well, at this concert, it was sure annoying. I mean, I closed my eyes most times when I saw people hold up their phones and would block my view. I had to watch the concert through their stupid screen, you know, cause they're like Snapchatting it or pr- taking videos of a concert that they're at live. I, I just don't understand it. Um, <laughs> uh, you're going to go back and watch that video and, <laughs> and deprive yourself of the live experience while doing it. You'd cue the Chicago Cubs parade. Oh, I know. Yeah. We no, can't I talk think about that. Yeah, no, no, no. We that's <laughs> that's, that's right. in the past. Let things in the past be in the past. Yeah. Um, 
I don't the thing that's coming to mind, my dad was always really big on, um, and th- even when we were young and like we didn't watch a ton of TV, he would, he just always used the phrase, don't be a slave to inanimate objects. Hmm. And, uh, oftentimes that, like, there's definitely rhythms, at least that I experience. And oftentimes during Lent, specifically with inanimate objects, I feel like it's a way to reestablish dominance over like some sort of relationship where I feel like it's gotten out of place where it's like, man, I really don't want to do this, but this thing has power over me. So I just kind of, I just bend to it because I am a slave to YouTube. Like I've given up YouTube in the past for, for Lent and then you get out of it and you're like, dude, YouTube is nothing. It has no power over me. Right. And, but it, but it takes this assertion and like reordering of the relationship to the inanimate object so that, cause if not, then it's just like trickle effect. And and then slowly you get dominated more and more and more and more. And it's cause these things are good and appealing and like, yeah, for all these various reasons. But yeah, I found that I have to take a step back and do that every now and again. Um, or I guess I'd like to cut off completely, but oftentimes it's just, a yeah, a reestablishment of my will over something saying like, oh yeah, I'm not going to let the TV tell me how to live my life. And that's actually what I want. Um, so kind of like getting back to that place. I don't know. Maybe you need to reestablish dominance over your phone. Dude, I like, I like the way you word that certainly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it kind of hit me yesterday of like, I don't know. Again, I was reading like this article and I was like, I don't, I honestly don't know why the the president fired or whatever, the attorney general yesterday. And like, I am highly unconvinced that the person that wrote this article knows why after reading <laughs> it. And uh, it's like, what am I doing? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, maybe I'll check out that screen time thing, kind of see. I, I haven't done it, but I think you can um, you can set timers where it'll just not let you open an app unless you put in a password after a certain hour. Or oh mm, no way! Or there, wow. you can limit the amount of time that you can have an app open, and it'll just shut off and ask for a password. Which of course you set yourself, so you could always override it. But the, it's just that little bit of ec- extra pressure. It's like, hey, do you really want to break your own resolution here and keep wow. watching ping pong videos? You lazy sack of crap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we watch ping. I've watched ping pong videos over at Connor's uh, his apartment. They're dope, dude. They're awesome. He's like, dude, check this out. You never get. And he's just dying watching these things. They are pretty dope. I'll give they it to you. They sound amazing. I'm gonna yeah. watch a couple now. Watch the okay. one that says. I think it's called Penhold Master. This is Chinese ping pong player. The penhold <laughs> is when you you hold the paddle like a pen instead of like a tennis racket, and he's incredible. Okay, just to maybe hit on this point, just of how absurd specifically YouTube gets, okay? Today before class started, we almost got on a YouTube vortex as a class. Like the teacher was almost interested in (laughs) some guy getting bit by progressively more painful insect bites. Like building up to, I think it's a bullet ant. And he just catches these things and intentionally gets stung by them. Oh, yeah, gosh. and and then one of our classmates was telling me he got on a YouTube vortex of barbershop culture where like it showed people cutting each other's hair, and he watched like 
hours of people uh, getting their haircut. This is a, like something for I everybody. Respect the heck out of this dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? Seriously. I've gotten in this some is- weird ones. I I really like uh, skateboarding videos, like street skateboarding, not necessarily vert ramps, but people doing street things. They're like big jumps, like 14 stairs or 27 stairs or whatever. And they, there's a lot of videos like that Thrasher puts out of just people trying over and over again to get like a big jump and failing and then finally getting it. There's something really cathartic about that. And it's like nothing's really happening. It's just a a skateboarder. I don't know. I think that p- part of the uh, part of the antidote, and I've said this in uh, a talk to a men's group about fatherhood, because I get I got so much in the parish, um, especially from mothers. Like my son only wants to play video games. How do I get him to stop doing that? And I firmly believe that it's it's got to be positive not negative, not like stop playing video games. It's rotting your brain. Um, because let's be honest, like I'm in college, I'm talking to these guys and like, I ask them, what do you do for fun? A hundred percent of them say video games. Um, it's the antidote is not less video games. It's more real life stuff. Like, Hey, you like shooting guns? Hey, go shoot a gun. Hey, you like racing cars? Go race something, you know? Um, you like playing Madden, play actual sports and, uh, get like, get out of that solipsistic thing. That's why, that's why you get that, that little hangover after watching too much YouTube or something, or I imagine after playing a lot of video games, um, is that you didn't actually do anything, you know, you earned a lot of gems, but you didn't actually do anything. Uh, Whereas if you go relate to people and play a game or especially men, like we have to, you have to look at your day and be like, this, this is what's different because I did something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting because yeah, I'm thinking back. Um, I've read the, the website for years or it's like a blog, uh, art of manliness. And mm. have you guys read that before? Yeah. I think we've talked about it a couple of times. I think mm-hmm. he's really, he's very consistently like very interesting stuff and all that. So he's um, also uh, in favor of church. I, I shared um, a, an article where he's like, these are the practical benefits of going to church. And it was, it was pretty good. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But he started a, uh, a thing and a guy like emailed me about it. It's called like the strenuous life or something. And pretty much it's like, I mean, I think they openly say it's kind of like scouting for men, if that makes sense. So you, in a sense, earn like these merit badges and stuff like that. And it just gets you to do stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty, like, pretty cool in in some ways of like if it keeps you you accountable to like, I don't know, sharpening the saw in some way or just getting outside, you know, et cetera. I think that'd be good. Um but I, I kind of thought about it and like and honestly my yesterday like just confirmed it once again and ultimately it cost money and so I was like oh no I'm not gonna do that but, uh, <laughs> um, you know I support that decision that's yeah. nice <laughs> and uh, but it was just like my brother-in-law is a beast I mean he's a farmer which you know, kind of like lends itself to a lot of the physical labor and stuff like that. But he just like smashes this stuff all the time. Like you could earn a merit badge for like trying to like, you know, change your own tire or something like that, which is great. Not in no way. I'm trying to like belittle that type stuff. Like I want to learn this. so I'm going to do it, et cetera. But 
like just a normal day yesterday he was like pretty much outside all day like working with his hands like on the combine in freezing cold weather and um i was like just the life that he like lives is um just like both like simple and authentic and like all that stuff is just like included where it just kind of seems it, at least it, for me it seems so much more authentic it's kind of it's just like i just want to go do that type of stuff if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah well that's, that's he a, is a beast dude he is a beast honestly yeah. I mean, it's it's odd. I was driving back from the concert last night and uh, went by this fitness place, like one of these big high-rise fitness uh, deals where they have windows up four or five floors and you can see people running on treadmills and elliptical machines. And it just hit me again how weird modern city life is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you spend all day at a computer screen sitting on a chair and then because you didn't actually do anything physical you have to go run in place for an hour to burn the extra calories you ate yeah um well in companies yeah i'm sorry well it's just yeah that's all i have to say it's just it's just odd but um i don't want to go back to caveman days that's for darn sure Sure. (laughs) i had a sewer backup in this uh building where i live that we mm-hmm. own and um not being able to flush a toilet for three days makes you appreciate not being yeah. a caveman i'm a huge believer in western medicine mm-hmm. just for the record let it be known yeah yep. western believer. medicine indoor plumbing mm-hmm. electricity oh big fan yeah <laughs> yeah big fan even though i have found myself roaming around in the morning i think this is from father welter but i will wait i'll like shower in the dark I I wait to turn on lights after like twenty or thirty minutes of being up. So I just but your eyes adapt so quickly. I just open up my curtains and like there's generally enough light and it, yeah. That that's kind of nice. That that's a great idea, except for I would for sure fall back asleep if I did that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm up and I'm moving and I have like a candle lit in my room and um I for some reason like just bright lights in the morning they just dis- destructo me they don't they make me not want to wake up and so I guess it's a way that like I slowly I slowly wake up in the morning so electricity eh, I could do without it <laughs> that was that was the point of that um, well no, that's one thing brother, about camping when you when you're camping and you oh, don't have electricity yeah. you get on the circadian rhythm so fast where oh it's amazing the sun goes dude. down at six or seven and. You're tired by yep. nine. It feels like midnight. Yep. Yep. It's so, it's just really healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, yep. But my brother will actually, it just, it does seem very artificial, but it, it's the reality for a lot of people. They live in these big cities or work in these big companies. One of my, one of my best friends went out to Seattle and is, um, he's an engineer and he engineers, um, let's see, supply shipping facilities for Amazon. So Amazon had him out and he's like a private contractor. Amazon had him out to their headquarters and he was like hanging out there for a little while. And my, my older brother also has this at his job, but he said at at their like actual campus, their facility, you can bring in your dog. Someone can walk your dog, feed your dog, take care of your dog all day. 
Um, they have actual workout facilities that they encourage you to work out sometime during the day at work. They have all food, all the cafeteria, like essentially everything you need. You can rent workout clothes and shoes at these places and then turn them in at the, whenever you finish working out and showering and slip back into your other clothes. So they provide for everything that you need right there on the campus. So much so, and this is their big point, you don't need to go home. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like, wow, they're providing all this stuff for me. But at the heart of it, it's so that you actually spend more hours in the office. Because what they find is the more, the longer that you're there, the more work and the more productive that you're going to be. Um, so they like you can bring in your dog so that you don't have to say, oh, I need to go home and take care of my dog or walk him or something like that. I, yeah, but it is, it's kind of odd. Like, it's just a bizarre way to live. Uh, but these, yeah, it's, it's just big, big city living, I guess. Yeah. It feels a bit artificial. I don't artificial know. Artificial is the word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's another thing, and this goes back to my optimism relative. I'm I'm with you, Rob. I, I I'm pretty I'm pessimistic. Um, you are yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> this is a big time role reversal, honestly. <laughs> yeah, between you and I. So. Don't get me wrong, I'm a good pessimist. Um but I think that what our generation, the generation behind us, uh is fed up with is mass culture mass produced mass you know like uniform industrialized whatever like we're we're a little bit more like i want my food i want to know where my food is from and uh i want to know what's in it and uh i want to be able to change a tire like i don't think that our parents generation missed having to change their own tires you know what i mean there were yeah. no, there were no websites at all, but there wouldn't have been a website even if there were an internet that was like, "Hey, sign up here, and uh, we're all going to hold each other accountable to like unclogging our own toilets or whatever." You know, um, I think there's a there is a bit of a desire in us to get back to reality. There's also a wing of society that wants to completely detach itself from reality uh, and go more and more into the the uh, dystopian artificial intelligence disembodied dualist uh, radical subjectivist kind of fantasy world. But there's also, I think a strain even in hipsterdom of like, let's actually learn things and get back to human nature the way it's supposed to be because we feel alienated from ourselves and each other. And this is no way to live. Like I want actual friends. I want to be, I want to know and be known. Um, so I think there's an opportunity here and, uh, just like television. I mean, when people, when television came around and people started having TVs in every house, like why are we all watching this all the time? We had a thing when I was a kid called TV tune out week. You ever, did you guys have that? never called it that we wear buttons and uh, of course my parents were always anything that looked like social engineering from the public schools my mom was like we're not doing that <laughs> <laughs> so but anyways they had they gave us all buttons that uh had like a tv with a like a no smoking cross out thing and uh you were supposed to give up tv for a week but i think in every generation there's something that we see is is making us less human and we're like let's let's all stop doing that uh, at least for a little bit, 
Um, And I think that, I think that the ubiquitous internet is that, and it's just going to get more ubiquitous. I mean, our fridges are going to be talking to the internet pretty soon. People, some people's fridges already are, you Mm. know, think about the fact that uh, I'm pretty resigned to this fact that everything that we're saying, I mean, we voluntarily put this on the internet for anybody to listen to, but I mean, my computer has a camera in it that in theory could be hacked by anybody like the NSA. They could watch me. I have uh, many listening and viewing devices that I willingly and tracking devices that I willingly carry around pretty much wherever I go. All your search history, all your Internet history, everything is being recorded uh, and put into this big database so that people can track human behavior and make more money off of it. When I was a kid, none of that. I mean, you could you could change your name and go. And this was not long ago. You could change your name and go somewhere and no one could ever find you. And you might be able to still do that now. But um, I just take for granted that like if somebody really wanted to and had the money and time to do it, they could pretty much get everything out of my life. Uh, there are no secrets anymore, you know, which is kind of creepy. Yeah, well, it's super creepy, dude. Not to mention, basically, man, I was talking to DMAC about this yesterday. I, I have all of my money in a bank. Mm-hmm. And basically the only way that I know how much money I have in there is because I look on the internet and, the bank tells and it you. tells me mm-hmm. I have this. What if the banks, what if something happened to the banks or to the internet, whatever the internet may be, then like, how am I, that's gone. What well, I need to fill my mattress with cash. Did now. you know that back in the day? <laughs> Wait, you don't have a mattress of cash. That's what you're saying. <laughs> back in the day, you people no, would go through, some people gold. still do this. They, they go through their, all the credit card statements and keep their receipts and make sure that the credit card company is not overcharging them. People would keep a bank. My mom would, every check that she wrote, she'd write it down, the check number, how much it was for, what oh, yeah. it was for. And then at the end of the month, her and my dad would go through all the expenses and people could yeah. still do that. But yeah. you're right. We really trust the machine. Just a lot. Yeah. 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 So a lot of dependence on something that... I still don't know what it is or how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember thinking well, about that with the vacuum cleaner when I was a kid. I'm like, man, what if, what if all the people that know how to make vacuums die? Like, are, are we supposed to learn that at some point? Like there were so many things that I used when I was a kid <laughs> or saw people using, like, I don't know how any of it works. Uh, somebody must know, I guess. And I think at some point we just started giving, like giving up on that. I have no idea how my phone works. I don't even know how to unscrew it to open it up and look at the circuit board. <laughs> you know, it's just this thing you get out of the box, you turn it on, and you start talking to people. I don't even know what a circuit board is, man. <laughs> yeah. I think are it's you telling green. me there's a board in my phone? I don't think there's any the wood in there. files are okay? in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like not a joke anymore. <laughs> I think that's real. Right. Dude, in a, in a much more extreme way, um, I watched the documentary that Newt and Callista Gingrich produced called Nine Days That Changed the World about, about JP2 visiting right. Poland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really the spark of the beginning of the end of communism. And um, it's a super good documentary one. But I, I know that's like way more extreme that they're fighting the oppression of a totalitarian state. But the thing that he came in and emphasized was that be aware of your own human spirit. Like you are great because you are human and made in the image and likeness of God. 
and you're made for freedom and therefore you don't have to be afraid. Like that was his whole mantra was be aware of the dynamic reality that is within you. And then he gathered like millions of people and then said, now like, look, as a collective whole united in Christ, you millions of people are insanely amazing. And like everybody's telling you that you're just a machine and a part of our cog and you know, his famous line, I'm here to, to say that you are not who they say you are. Let me remind you who you really are. But he mm. tapped into that, that human spirit um, and people started to realize it and like be awakened to the greatness that God has created them for. And so just thinking about your example of like, because I, I also agree the best way to get children and therefore I think us to quit being slaves to these things um, is not stop it like in the negative, but that it's like tap into the incredibleness of creation, ourself included there. And then like that spirit is just overwhelming. Um, and I, th- I think in sin, like we'll return back. I'm going to return back to those things that are low and earthly, but yeah, you're not going to forget that experience of reality and beauty. And it just, it blows you away. It's not like anything else, you know? Um, Let's so, do it, dude. Let's so tapping it. into that, you know, I, I don't know how to do that necessarily, but um, yeah, yeah, he did that on like an international. He literally he did that internationally mm-hmm. and brought down communism. So it's yeah. real. Um, well, in a way, communism did divide and conquer the way that we're kind of willingly being divided and conquered by t- technology and technocracy. Um. We don't, there's nobody purposely doing it to us, but, you know, totalitarian leaders know you have to divide families and communities and so that everybody's afraid of everybody else and they just, the freedom of assembly is taken away so that they only have one allegiance. It's the individual and the state. And what I'm afraid of is, and where I see the church uh, has this great human value, aside from the obvious supernatural value of saving people, um, and sending them to heaven is just um, come to mass and sing in a group and worship God together with other human beings and encounter reality. Um, and don't, That's good, dude. And don't just sit and stare at a screen by yourself in your house. You know, because it's dividing us and making us, and I think you see it everywhere. We're more individualistic. We're more tribalistic we're just kind of off in our own little um bubbles shouting and yelling at each other and afraid of going out into the world and actually meeting people and uh maybe running the risk of having our minds changed or our lives changed by what we find out there you know Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball.
Spooky dogs. Spooky dogs. Good girl.